Morning, partner. What do we got today, Gray? 25-year-old Caucasian female, Tracy Calloway. Same as the other? Same as the others. Bloody hell. Join homicide detectives Dean Tidwell and Grayson Copeland as they delve into the darkness that their city welcomes with open arms. As they search for a serial killer known only as the Gray-Eyed Man from slaughtering his next victim, they put their jobs, families, and lives in jeopardy, only to learn there's more than one. Read it all in David K. Montoya's book, Through the Eyes of Madness, available at mythmart.com and where books are found. This book is not for the faint of heart. Consider yourself warned. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA. This is Tim here with episode 223 of the World of Mythbits. And today's episode, I thought I would invite my son along, uh, 17-year-old son, uh, Nick, to join me on the podcast today, because I thought we would talk about uh, the threat, I suppose, or the the blessing, which is AI, uh, and whether or not um, we both think that AI, uh, artificial intelligence, and the way that it's come into uh, essay writing and uh, story writing and poetry writing and how uh, whether we're I'm wondering whether it will squash uh, creativity and original thought Um, but before that uh, we should get into a bit of housekeeping and I've got some housekeeping from Steph because Steph is back on deck welcome back Looper Let's jump in. Here we go. So, from Looper, um, plug your book for sure. So, right off the bat, The Neighbour from uh, M Kids Publishing, uh, a subsidiary of Dark Myth Publishing, is out now. You can jump on MythMart um, and uh, grab yourself a copy from there. Uh, or, if you have to, um, you can jump on Amazon as well and sort of get it through there. I'm discovering also there's uh, a few other places. Uh, I'm attempting to get my book into South Australian libraries uh, and looking beyond that, I'm hoping to look at um, other states and territories throughout Australia and possibly over uh, across the ditch, as we call it, across the ditch to our um, our neighbours in New Zealand. I'm hoping to get uh, the neighbour into some New Zealand libraries as well, but starting... Uh, starting my own backyard and starting uh, off with trying to get it into my library here that I work at here in Murray Bridge uh, and other South Australian libraries as well. Um, also, um, Dave's book, but I will mention more on that with um, Dave's housekeeping as well. Um, the Open Contracts Challenge is in its first phase of voting. 
Uh, and I've got more news on that from housekeeping from Dave as well, uh, as he's got the list of contestants. So I don't know if this will be um, breaking news. Uh, probably not by the time this podcast goes out, but thrilled to be able to announce who has actually made it through the first round of the Open Contracts Challenge. Uh, also, the World of Myth magazine, uh, the April edition is out now, so make sure that you check that out. Um, make sure that you have a look at the amazing poetry, stories, uh, artwork, review the reviews. Uh, my review edition is, uh, is already out, so uh, if you give that a listen, hopefully it gives you some idea of the, um, the sort of variety of pieces that are, uh, are currently available we have a, um, a real wealth of talent that's um, submitting consistently and constantly to, uh, to Dark Myth Publishing, to the World of Myth magazine, which is fantastic to see. Um, so, but of course, the, uh, the magazine is on hiatus. Um, the, uh, the April edition is the last edition before it goes from the website to um, an e reader platform uh, and also a, uh, a physical publication as well which is going to be really really cool to see so um, make sure that you send your submissions in now though you've got until the 15th of May so hopefully this podcast will go out before the 15th of May uh, Mr David K Montoya make sure uh, there's a rush on this one uh, just to warn people 15th of May is the cutoff uh, and then the 15th of June will be the cutoff again. So the first e-magazine will come out in June. And the next one will be October. So make sure when you're submitting for June, make sure that it's a, a Halloween-y or an October-y type feel. Um, yeah. And also uh, great news on uh, shipping. There's been a deal done by... Um, Dark Myth Publishing, um, so it's not going to be so expensive to order things to come into Canada or Australia, which I'm thrilled about because that means that um, my book coming into my country is going to be a great deal cheaper, which is uh, which is very cool. I'm very thrilled about. And then on to housekeeping quickly from Mr. David K. Montoya. And there's a few things here from uh, from Dave. Dark Myth Publishing, proud to release the children's book by World of Myth Bits host Tim Law, titled The Neighbour. It is on World of Myth now. Uh, you can order it in. Please order it in. That would be amazing if you could, and if you did. And through Mythmart as well is uh, the best way to support um, those creators, those authors uh, that have items out for sale through Dark Myth Publishing and the other subsidiaries. Um, publishing arms that the company has, the best way to support the company and support the creators is to buy through Mythmart. So if you can, awesome. Uh, I have found out that uh, that UK, the uh, UK listeners, there's a bit of a problem with getting some items, I think, or maybe all items through Mythmart. Um, so in that case, go to uh, your Amazon um, .co.uk and, uh, and search for it that way. Uh, and yes, I, uh, am incredibly grateful to a few 
friends uh, and family that have already bought copies of The Neighbour. Um, very cool. Um, I'm touched by your uh, your wonderful support. Um, so number two, also, 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 Dark Myth wants to make it very abundantly clear that David K. Montoya's new murder mystery novel, Through the Eyes of Madness, is not kid-friendly and is an 18 and older publication. So keep that in mind when you're ordering. Um, I mean, the, the title, maybe, would give that away, uh, perhaps. I know that Dave's done some kids' stuff. Uh, I think his zombie unicorn one might be kind of kid-friendly, maybe. Um, anyway, my book's definitely kid-friendly. Uh, I'd, uh, I'd aim it at um, probably 7 to 12s. Um, but Dave's definitely no, no, no. Uh, Dark Myth Comics is still moving forward in production and we'll be reaching out to comic shops all over. So if you want to see American Smash in your local comic book store, uh, please email Dave at davidkmontoya at jazomondarkmyth.com and then tell your local comic book shop all about the this amazing opportunity. And please do. This is really cool getting uh, American Smash out to uh, to different comic book stores. Um, yeah, it's a dream come true for uh, for the creators, for sure. MythMart has reached an international agreement and will now be able to drop ship merchandise to Canada and Australia, which means expect the shipping bill to be a lot less for U.S. customers if they sign up for the monthly membership. They will receive free shipping on all products. So that's kind of cool. Great, uh, great news there on uh, items being shipped from uh, Dark Myth Publishing. We at JZO Modcast Network want to welcome back Stephanie Bardi with new episodes of Lupus Bits and a brand new season of My Life as an American Nerd with returning host Kevin Hoskinson and new co-host Christian Nakoda. Also, the 2023 advertising slots for our podcast are full, but expect 2024 opening to become available in September this year. And finally, for the fifth annual Open Contract Challenge 2023, the contestants are listed in alphabetical order. Contestant number one, congratulations, Jim Bates. Contestant number two, congratulations, Dawn DeBral. Contestant number three, Congratulations, Adele Evershed. Contestant number four. Congratulations to James Hyde. Contestant number five. Congratulations to Christopher Keane. Or Keeney? Our contestant number six. Congratulations to me. Wow. Tim Law. I've made it. Uh, Contestant number seven. Congratulations, Michelle Lau. Contestant number eight, congratulations to James Rumpel. Contestant number nine, congratulations to Brett Wall. Contestant number 10, congratulations to Christina Steele. And the wild card, uh, a very hearty congratulations for uh, sneaking in into the 11th spot. Congratulations to Hayley Wolf. So that is um, an amazing lineup of talent there um 
Commiserations to those of us who have put something through for the Open Contract Challenge for um, 2023. Hopefully you uh, looked at the, um, the ability to, to use submission insurance or um, something like that. Um, but I have to say there, uh, there is an amazing amount of talent right there. Uh, I'm incredibly honoured to be included amongst that bunch. Uh, and um, fingers crossed, um, there's, um, yeah, ho- hopefully, I'll, well, I know for a fact, the, um, the best three will make it through. Uh, and with any luck, I'll be one of those. But anyway, that is housekeeping for, uh, for this episode. Um, and yeah, very excited about the, uh, the upcoming opportunities, um, regarding the, the e-magazine, uh, also open contract challenge. Um, yeah, also, uh, lots and lots of different things coming out. Make sure that you jump on mythmart.com to, uh, to have a look at the amazing, um, books that are available, the t-shirts, lots and lots of different resources. Uh, Yeah, try try and help out the company where you can. Um, The more we support them, the more they can support us. And make sure too that you jump on uh, World of Myth and check out the April edition of the magazine if you haven't already. And make sure that you submit, 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 submit. Um, Plenty of art, uh, plenty of um, poetry, plenty of stories. Uh, I want to see lots and lots of reviews. Uh, looking forward to sinking my teeth into this e-magazine. So now on to the topic of uh, AI, the uh, the very brave new world that we find ourselves in already. So Nick, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, on AI originally? the the initial thoughts that you've got uh well since i'm still at school i guess it's a pretty common thing to see around like many students and that use it for their work and stuff for writing wise and i've you know there's also like the audio one um there's things people have made of other musicians and that yeah singing songs that they want and stuff like i don't know it's a very uh new idea still it's not a lot to uh, I I have to admit, I've, the funniest thing that I've ever heard is your Uncle Ben found and shared with our Dungeons and Dragons group uh, an AI-created Dungeons and Dragons game of um, Biden, um, Trump. Trump, and Obama playing in a, a party with guest... Um, I think one of the, uh, wasn't the D and D episode. It was, um, uh, fallout shelter, uh, RPG. And that was run by Elon Musk. Um, but yeah, the, like there's, um, I think it was the speaker of the house, like the previous speaker or the current speaker of the house, um, was the original DM, like dungeon master. The, that was really funny and that was quite well done. Yeah, like, I've seen a few of those. Like yeah. President yes. Yeah. So that, yeah, I, I can see the AI is a, a lot of fun to play with and some of the art, the artwork 
that oh, I've yeah. seen come out from uh, from AI platforms as well. There's some that's rubbish, like absolute rubbish, with um, like draw a pic, like give me a picture of um, or an, create an artwork of a man coming out of the ocean um, with rippling muscles, and it might end up that he's got four arms or his thumbs are where his pinkies should be or yeah. that sort of thing. The Like there's some stuff where you sort of scratch your head and go, that's wrong or how did... And I'm, I mean, the other thing too is I thought, oh, AI, great uh, opportunity to, um, to create some images to go with promoting stories that I've written and short stories that I've had published and that sort of thing. So there was one about... A um, as a Christmas themed one, where it was revealed that Father Christmas is actually a frog-like humanoid in disguise, and the jolly old Santa face is actually a a mask. And so I asked AI to produce for me uh, a big boned, I think big boned human figure with a Santa face mask and a frog face. And what it came up with was nothing even resembling anything. So whether the the AI didn't have anything to go by and so couldn't come up with something. I mean, or, yeah, it's a bit unusual. Yeah. The, 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 some of the stories that I write, there's no artwork out there and I can't, like I, I like drawing, but I can't draw what's in my head enough for me to be satisfied to go, yep, that's how I want to promote this piece. So I was hoping that AI would be able to save the day, would be able to come in and uh, swoop in and uh, deliver for me three or four different pictures for me to choose from that were 99% close to what it was that I had in my head. And it doesn't happen. It's it's not there yet. And it's a long, long way from where where my mind is at, I, oh, I, I guess. It's a long way. It's pretty rapidly developing. It could be even in a couple of weeks. So it might be all right, you know? Yeah, like, maybe. Because, yeah. And the, the thing is, there's new programs coming out all the time yeah. as well. And the, some of the stuff that I've seen come from even some of the older, like the original AI art um, programs, is pretty spectacular. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah, there's, it can do some incredible stuff as long as you know the keywords and the, the way to use it. Yeah, true. But anyway, my, my concern regarding AI is in the realm of creative thought and uh, creative writing. It's what what a lot of us that listen to the podcast, a lot of us that uh, create poetry and stories for World of Myth, um, for other digital platforms as well, for uh, for anthologies, um, do you think we're in trouble? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say in trouble, right? I don't think it's going to be writing better stories than what a person can and might one day get to the same level of writing and that. But I feel like people can always keep writing their own stories, putting their own 
thoughts into their own that's true fiction and that and i don't think ai is ever going to become like you can't really just have a better imagination than someone else like it might be able to reach the level of what a human can write but that's not really ever going to best i i guess it comes to like the how much we've been teaching computers and how much computers have already what information they've already got about us i mean you look at the um the chess playing computer that bet the grandmaster yeah and that was how many decades ago or maybe close to 20 years i feel like yeah so like that happened before you were born yeah so the they've then been developing that sort of program that sort of robotic ability um you look at the number of um factory jobs that are now replaced by machines one of one of my cousins used to work for um a car manufacturer he's no longer got a job in that industry because ro- first of all robots took over that that role that he was doing and then the company closed down entirely and went back to america yeah so the way that robots and the way that ai is uh is influencing our world it's it's not a scary time you you uh, reckon it's a it's a an interesting time well, a thrilling time at the same time ai is taking over jobs like through us developing we're creating more jobs too like uh you know content creators like influencers things like that there's all sorts of new jobs on the internet and that now at the same time that uh technology is taking over jobs it's also creating new ones that it can't do itself at the moment well i guess the bottom line is um regardless of how smart a computer program is you still need the person to write the code you still need the person to um input the information to get out the result yeah they can't really completely think on their own no not yet do you think they ever will well i know it's capable of coding other things i don't know can't really code itself i guess but i've seen people using it for like coding games or websites or things like that so it's capable of yeah coding and that. i don't know the the irony uh what i find is uh is very amusing is Sometimes I'm listening to um, one of our local radio stations or national radio stations, sorry, in Triple J. And um, there's the morning drive show. And one of the things that the, um, the DJs on there like to do on Fridays is they like to have AI Friday. So they actually put in some details into uh, the AI program and ask them to write a script about breakfast radio um penguins uh ice cream and um going to the snow or and then it'll spit out a a thing for them yeah and for that 10 minute segment they just have to read off the sheet and it's not great some of it's good but it's not great but it's quite funny but it's quite frightening too to see how developed uh, and how knowledgeable, like what sort of data that that program has about how breakfast radio normally sounds. 
for example, the like it's some of the stuff that it says it gets them to say is weird, but it's got that pattern. It's got that um, the basic template already yeah. pretty much down pat. Yeah, and it is pretty rapidly developing too. So yeah, definitely, definitely. So you reckon? Don't be afraid yet. Keep creating. Uh. Yeah, well, I honestly don't think there is that much of a threat to writers, at least, to, like, writers and story, like, poet, poets and that. I don't think, you know, I said earlier, I don't think it's ever going to produce better content than what's already out there. Like, you can't really create a better fictional world, whatever, than what people already can, you know? It's just yeah. comes down to I, imagination. And yeah, AI currently doesn't have that imagination. Yeah, but towards maybe artists and that, like, um, visual artists like painters and that yeah I feel like it could pretty easily take over that part just in sheer quantity and that of art it can produce in seconds yes compared to what artists would take a very long time to make and like where it may not be able to take over I know a lot of art pieces that will get put in museums like uh, they have deeper meanings than that to themselves and that but there are people who have like occupations in just creating simple artwork someone needs a logo for a business and that yeah yeah, I feel like AI could AI. pretty easily take over that sort of area of art. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, yeah, yeah. interesting, interesting times ahead. Um. So switching topics, um, I uh, I noticed that uh, that you have the new Zelda game. Yeah. From uh, Nintendo on the Switch. Yes. So uh, you were very very good at Breath of the Wild. When that came out, mm-hmm. you uh, you tromped all over me. I think I struggled to climb cliffs and the um, to sort of get past the tutorial where yeah. you uh, you catch up with Father Christmas and he gives you the glider. And I'm like, are you sure I'm ready, Father Christmas? Yeah. Do I really deserve this present? <clears throat> so how are you finding uh, this new game? What's it called? Tears of the Kingdom. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's very well made and that all the reviews are already out it's already you know all tens across the board and stuff it's a very good game I think most people worried that it would be a lot like it's predecessor like it's original okay or where the sequel would be too similar but I think it has proven itself to be a pretty good like standalone sort of title like just because it was placed in the same world as the first one everyone thought it would just be a bit of a copy and paste for different things here and there but nah it's it's definitely uh, gone its own way so at the moment, you're just really dealing with puzzles currently and working through, like, the tutorial landscape? Um, or have you actually gone beyond that? You've fought some monsters and... Yeah, after a while, I've, I've recently gotten past the tutorial landscape and it drops you down in the mainland. Okay. From that, just like the first game. And then you get to wander around and find stuff and you know, pick up random items and that. Okay. Like, it's just, yeah, it kind of just chucks you in. It doesn't really chuck in the deep end. It does give you a pretty good understanding for the tutorial. So when you drop down there, you're like, oh, I know how to create things and that. I see those items here that I could use and stuff. You kind of already have a pretty good feel for what you can do with the world around you okay. by the time you drop in. So yep. pretty nice. So the, the, the puzzles in the tutorial uh, that introduce you to different new concepts in the game they're pretty easy to pick up? Yeah, they are They are pretty easy. Like, I, They sort of resemble 
the original uh, the original like abilities you get in the first game. Like, okay. But they're sort of a bit more extensive. Like there's one that lets you weld things together. You can lift items up and we'll put them together. Ah, uh, uh, okay. It's a bit similar to the in the original game. There was a magnet that you could use and lift metal objects and that sort of similar yes. to that except this time you can like glue the objects together and that which is very different so okay all right so that sort of gives it that next level up yeah I'll so the puzzles that they create then using that ability can have that little bit more complexity yeah so instead of just placing something somewhere else whatever it's like you might need to combine it with something and then um maybe like oh i've seen people can grab balloons and stuff and they can grab a flamethrower and place it underneath the balloon that can ignite ah, the balloon that can go up and stuff. For a hot air like balloon? That. Yeah, which you would never have been able to do in the original games. No, correct. Oh, okay. It's a lot more creative now, the solutions and that you can make for things. That's very cool. Yeah. And what other games are you enjoying at the moment? Um, You've gone back to Rocket League. A little bit, yeah. That's... Yeah, so for those who don't know... Rocket League is uh, like a, a two-on-two or three-on-three soccer game, um, like indoor soccer. Yeah. But you're, instead of being a player, you're a, some sort of vehicle. A car, specifically. Yeah. You're a car, yeah. Yeah, so you can drive up walls and collect the ball off, off the walls and that sort of thing. You've got um, different abilities where you can blow up opponents to sort of take them out of the game for a, a moment or two. To try and give yourself an advantage. You've got different... Um, well, not different, but you've got bonus like speed that you can collect. Yeah, your boosts. Your boosts around the field. And that's, uh, that's really the only way to travel and be, uh, be competitive, isn't it? Yeah. If you, if you don't grab boosts, you're in a world of trouble. It's a very arcade sort of... Yeah. Like, fictional, very... Uh, it's nothing that you'd really think of like if anyone listening hasn't played it before probably wouldn't even be able to comprehend what it would look like it's kind of just cars I guess that can just fly around and do all sorts of stuff trying to hit a ball into a net I guess I don't know yeah. it's a very yep. strange concept and it's it's definitely worked it's one of the most popular games right now of its time and it's got a very big esports scene so you know instead of people going to watch regular soccer they might go and watch mm. car soccer instead like yeah. In, a, yeah. in a big uh, like arena and they'd sit down and watch their favorite team it's play. And... Pretty, pretty crazy for me, for my generation, to sort of comprehend the popularity of esports. Yeah, it's it's still sort of strange to me as well. It's it's interesting how far it's gotten, even from the start in like what two thousand and ten and like pretty early on, they still had a pretty large esports scene. Was that did it start with Fortnite? Or were there other uh, games? It was definitely before it was League of Legends. You've probably heard of that. I think so. It would have been around, what, I think 2008 or something it came out. Okay, it's, yeah, It came All out right. a while ago. Okay. And it's like a top-down view sort of strategy game oh, yes. thing. And it became pretty popular in the competitive scene. Fa- fantasy? Yeah, it had the Netflix show Arcane. Yes. Based on it, that came out. And that did really well on Netflix too, so that... That's probably expanded its esports scene a lot more too. It probably gained a lot of players from that show, even though it already had a lot. It's already one of the biggest games ever. Yeah. Um, okay. But it's just growing and growing, and soon I feel like esports will probably be just as recognised as what regular sports are, which will yes. be pretty interesting. Yep. And but that's probably a while from now because, like, 
your generation and onwards are probably nowhere near interested, but as people from my generation... As your generation becomes my age. ...more prevalent in yep. that sort of sports watching sort of stuff and things, it'll probably start to become more equal and in the two. Let's go controversial. Um, let's look ahead, say, 50 to 100 years, uh, the way that we are currently ruining the environment and yeah. uh, the, uh, the whole climate change... Um, debate, I suppose, or the, the climate change issue. Um, I can foresee that temperatures are going to rise uh, and weather patterns are going to uh, become that much more savage and violent. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll find that indoor sports will probably be the only sports that will end up being able to play. So a lot of the more and, popular ones. Yeah, and if not indoor sports, then it'll be esports on yeah. online. So like basketball and that would probably survive, but things like soccer and football. I mean, soccer can be. Yeah, indoors, you'll but yeah you'll prefer, you'll get in you'll get indoor stadiums covered covered up stadiums. Yeah. Um, but uh, like the grassroots, what they call the grassroots, like the the juniors and the the um the country um. Those, yeah, those that can't afford to build yeah. indoor stadiums, um, that will probably die off. And it will, yeah, probably, uh, what's the word, um, divert people yeah. from younger ages from being into those sort of sports and, yeah, probably lead them more towards esports yeah, and other for sure. accessible sports. And, and I think that will increase the, um, the popularity, the interest uh, in esports for sure. Yeah. So it'll be yeah interesting to see. I mean, I won't probably won't be around by the time um, esports reaches its peak and sort of overtakes the popularity of uh, of current sport. Um, Maybe not. It, well, it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm. I mean, to be honest, I thought that you're you were going to learn, um, or you you weren't going to have to learn how to drive because you'd have a a um. A self-driving car. I mean, they are a thing, just not as accessible right now. No, and and I, I expected them all to be not on roads, but flying through the sky. Oh, yeah. Some people did expect that. I remember when I was younger, in like 2010 and that, they'd think by 2030 or 2025 yeah. or something like that, we'd have hover cars or yeah. something. But, but no, I, can't, I, I can't see hover cars even by 2030. Yeah, but Tesla, you know, they've been developing a lot of self-driving technology. There's a lot of things I've got and I think it's mostly around America that I see them use a lot I see videos of people going hey my car's going this far today like this is a VOD sort of like a video of the dash cam showing how it did and stuff and it, okay. it does pretty well it, it it goes through main cities like New York and stuff it can do and things like that yeah okay it's it's pretty well developed now I don't think I've really heard about any crashes to do with self-driving technology so yep. I think that in the future, might it will probably reduce a lot of crashes and stuff. And yeah, yeah for sure, be... like the the safety safety factor. Uh, I think the only way that that will actually work though, is if we're all driving, self or we're all in self driving cars. If we have a a parallel of self driving cars and, um, say cars from, uh, the twenty twenties and twenty thirties and that sort of thing, if there's a mix on the road, I don't think it'll be a safe environment yet. Why is that? The self-driving cars may be able to stop, 
but the um, there's a, still a potential for human error with the the cars that people are driving. Yeah. And learning to drive, you've seen what sort of drivers are out there at the moment. Yeah, but I feel like that's just it will just be a reduced risk of what we have now, and there's more. Like yeah. There's a mixture. Yeah. So. But I it, think it'd be more dangerous. Yeah. It, but it won't be able to take away the risk entirely. No, but not not until yeah, not until we get the um everybody's in self driving cars. Yeah. It's it will be yeah, I think it'll be very beneficial to society and that to have this sort of technology and that because then even people who aren't capable of driving properly with mental disabilities or anything like that, yeah. you know, they can even get around a lot easier as yep. well and stuff. It'll yeah, I think it'll be very good but yeah, for sure. I'm sure there are some people who might argue against that or something, but... The the uh, the delight of Hollywood uh, sort of delving down the rabbit hole of self-driving cars being mm. hacked. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a feeling that the network of cars and that wouldn't be of what people would probably think it is from Hollywood. Yeah, I don't think all the cars would be connected to some hive mind thing that some guy can just hack and yeah. control the cars or something. I don't think it would work like that at all. But. Yeah. But no, the, we'll we'll see in the future um, what eventuates. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, being in Australia, we'll probably be one of the last countries to gain access to that sort of stuff. Very. Yeah, it'll be America followed by probably Japan, Europe. Yeah, all of the more technological. Yep. Advanced, like, because we seem to be, even though we are a first world country, we seem to be pretty far behind in technological advancements you are always complaining about the internet speed what is everything in general yeah like we are yeah we are among some even i think second world countries and that they even equal us in yeah you know tech technology and there are, there are some second world didn't you say some third world countries even yeah there are i think i've looked at a list and stuff of that, things that we have compared to other countries and we've been like 70th and things like that on these lists and stuff and yeah yeah it's pretty insane how far behind we got. Yeah. Know. We, are, we are sort of a newly sort of developed country, I guess, in terms of like um, technological, like electricity and things like that. Yeah. I, and I guess the, the issue for us is the fact that we're such a sparsely uh, spread population. What? So there are there are wide areas where it's just farmland or desert or yeah more more so than house 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 so we need that infrastructure throughout connecting and then uh, the the botch jobs that certain governments Australian governments have done um, in uh, yeah the the rollout of um, structure for um for technology and that sort of thing we've still got black spots phone phone black spots and internet black spots and mm. that sort of thing there are still sections like parts of our country where you can't get internet at all yeah i've found those sometimes when we're driving or something the big yeah. head spots randomly yep like. you you um you head from uh is it meningi uh towards kingston uh, along the Coorong there, and you couldn't even get a radio signal. Like on the, on the radio, there was no music whatsoever that we could listen to. Is that to do with a lot of trees or something? Or no, no, 
is just a dead spot for um for technology like mm. even for radio waves there was no phone signal um the yeah the you all three of you you and your two sisters were complaining about uh the dropout the internet had dropped out you couldn't do things with your devices and when was that that sort of thing oh was that, that on was, the way across the... um that was when we were heading up to robe um, when we headed for a family holiday to robe yes well when people say stuff like look out the window and look at the scenery yeah i don't think they even did that when they were a kid like when you say that i doubt when uh, you were i'm sorry we didn't have phones. Yeah, we but didn't I'm have sure devices. I'm we sure didn't you have. Were reading a book or something like I, that. I was, and then I got carsick. Yeah, I'm sure you. Which is why my dad told me, "Don't read a book. Look, look out, out the, the window. window." And I'm sure when when it, he was younger, that he was probably reading a book or doing some sort of activity of pastime. I don't know, crossword or something like. Because no way do people actually sit in their car and, and look he, out the window for three hours. His mum or his dad probably told him. To look out the window. Yeah, it's it's just a never-ending loop. Like, I think the people who say that know that it's not... It shouldn't be too expected for people to just be staring out the window for, like, a long drive. That's true, especially when there's not a lot to see. Yeah, it's just trees and trees and trees. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... Uh, I, uh, I mean, it's a little bit fascinating for me, especially coming through that particular area, um, to see where... Like, you're that close to the ocean, but you also have the river running alongside. Yeah, I mean, but it can only be as breathtaking or whatever for, like, a small period of time. Yeah, it's quite repetitive. The first 10 minutes is pretty good, but the second 10 minutes is exactly the same as the first 10 minutes. And then the following hour is pretty much identical to... (laughs) Even 10 minutes sounds like a while to be staring at a river. Yeah. Yeah. So, you um, you've got a uh, a very exciting trip coming up though, closer to the end of this year. Yeah. Looking at the uh, technologically advanced nation of Japan through school. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It will be. It'll be a very, a very active, like compact trip because we're only going to be there for a bit less than two weeks. So That's we're true. doing a lot within a very short period of time. We're going to be doing a lot of things. It will be a bit tiring, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you you'll hopefully be very exciting, uh, very excited, hopping on the plane. But yeah. I would think that you would be utterly exhausted coming off the plane. Yes, I don't think there's. I don't even know if there's one day where we're not really doing anything. I think that we're doing yeah, some no, sort I'm... of, and by something I mean like a big thing, like a Disney World or a traveling to a new city or something or I visiting like visiting temples day. or i think yeah. they're um they're going to take you to the um nagasaki the um yes i think i've heard of that is it the that yeah. was one of the that was the first place that was yeah, bombed by the um americans atomic bomb world war Two. i'm yeah. pretty sure um I'm, I'm not too sure about that but yeah i've heard of it because mm, i know hiroshima was the Second, Hiroshima. Hiroshima, sorry, was the second. Uh, wasn't the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know about that being the second, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be a good trip. It'll... Oh, for sure. It'll blow your mind, young man. You reckon? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I would love to go and see Japan. 
Because you haven't yet, have you? No. Mom, yeah, mom's been, uh, mom's been over in Japan. You uh, went to all of the not so exciting countries to visit. Oh, what? I did uh, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. <clears throat> um, I also saw a bit of Singapore with your mum. Yeah, uh, Singapore would be a bit cool. And then also visited Bali as well as like stopovers. Hmm. Don't you have to pay to fish in England? Yes, you do. Yeah, you need a license and then anything you catch uh, as a, uh, a not amateur fisherman, I guess it's an amateur fisherman, um, a leisure. Like the, the fact that you're not a professional fisherman catching fish as your occupation, you have to throw them back. Yeah, you don't get to keep anything. No, no, which is what makes the fish very difficult to catch. Why are they difficult to catch? The... Because they've been caught that often that they're oh, suspicious they of... Oh, you try to catch them with corn. You try to catch them with worms. No, I know what happens when I go after a piece of corn or I know what happens when I try and eat the worm. So, yeah. uh, oh, what's this? A, uh, a jelly bean. Mm, I've never seen that before. That's an interesting smell. I might see, uh, yeah, what, uh, what this tastes like. Oh, I'm caught. And then put back in. And then put back in. And then it's, ah, it's one of those jelly beans. Ah, I've seen those before. I know what happens when you eat those. Yeah. No, I won't go for jelly beans. And but, but, ooh, minty. Ooh, that's quite interesting. That's a new smell. Ooh, oh, I'm caught again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you've got to be clever when you're over in the UK and, uh, and doing a spot of fishing. But, yeah, you're right. You, uh, you have to uh, purchase a license. There's like a monthly license or an annual license or that sort of thing. Um, Mm. But I, um, there's like one day licenses that you can do as well. Okay, that's all right then. Yeah. So for like one pound or something. Yeah, or five pounds or something like that, I think Mm. it was. Yeah. It's kind of like the opposite in Australia because when you catch certain fish like, um, what is it, carp? Carp, yes. Yep, European carp. You have to kill them. You're not allowed to. No, not allowed to put them back. Nope. It's uh, against the law. You can lose money if you put them back. I'm yeah, sure. correct. Yep. So it's basically the complete opposite of what it is in the UK. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Mm. Um, so, thank you very much for, uh, for chatting with me today on episode 223 of The yeah. World of Mythbits. Chatting about AI and games and a few other things. I'll um, let you get back now to Tears of the Kingdom. Yep. Cheers, Mick. <laughs>